Life Audio. This life gets hard, but move forward to brighter days. This chapter is long, but remember to turn the page. Welcome back, everybody. To the Unfiltered Parenting Podcast with Abby Johnson and Reagan Long, where we deliver the real deal of parenting to y'all completely unfiltered. Hello. It's morning right now it when is. we're recording. So it is. And Abby and I are early, early morning. <laughs> post kiddo drop offs at school. And so we're looking, we're looking good. <laughs> yeah, I have a, <gasps> I have a, a uh, clip in my hair that you use like, like in a, it's not, a, it's not a clip to be worn in public. <laughs> um, and I did wear it in public though to drop Fulton off. Okay, so, like, okay, so Fulton's my baby. KJ is your baby. And I mean, it's, it's, I guess, how do you know that your baby is your baby? Well, <laughs> Grace Tate, okay. All right. So some of the kids are in basketball and basketball practice starts at 7 a.m. I don't know. The devil set up that timeline. I don't know, but it's 7 a.m. Okay, so so some of the boys have to be there at 7 a.m. Okay, so some of the kids have to be there. So, so, and, you know, Doug's the coach. So, okay, so he gets there with some of the kids at 7. And then Grace um, has to do car line. So in the high school, they have these houses. So... Um, and their houses, they're at Saint, it was Catholic school. So, um, Saint houses, right? So, you know, like Saint, I don't even know what they all are. It's like Saints I'd never right. heard of, to be perfectly honest, right. until they did. <laughs> I was like, what? Who is that? Okay. So, um, okay. So they have all these different look Saint houses. Okay. So her house has to do morning car line. And they have to be there at 7.30 in the morning. So Grace has to be there at 7.30. So I'm like, this is great. Okay, so Doug will take some of the kids. And then Grace will take the other kids at 7.30. And I do nothing. Okay? I just have to give them up. You just organize it. Shuffle out. everything's done. Yes. They have their water bottles. And then they can go. And then I can just get the house, you know, cleaned up Back and then in I order, like, sit in bed. I can like sit in bed for a few minutes, like check my emails and, you know, Until whatever. I text okay. you about your schedule. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Except that Fulton doesn't want to go with Grace. He wants to go with mommy. He wants mommy oh. to take him to school. And he cries if he has to go with Grace. So, you know, everybody else goes with Grace. And I started taking Fulton. So that's that's how I know that my baby is still my baby. 
I mean, the baby, even when and our you babies do it too, are like, KJ. oh gosh, yes. And I've tried to explain to all of my kids because they'll be <laughs> like, you favor KJ. He's your favorite. And I'm like, guys, listen, I don't have a favorite, but I've always, no matter who's been the baby in the family, they get the most attention because they're the youngest. They need me the most. They're the weakest link. They're the most vulnerable. They're the tiniest. They will yeah, get they the, are most the weakest. The weakest link gets the they're most the weakest attention. link. Yes. You know? And so I'm like, all of you were that at some point. He just happens to be that right now and maybe that for the longest. So when KJ's 14, he's still going to be the baby. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So really quick, let's take a break and hear from our sponsors. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on the Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. And we're back. Okay, so we're talking about our babies. And what what I want to talk about today, I actually want to talk about a baby. Um... So this has been, uh, this has been all over the news and I I would say probably most people have heard about it. And the the sad, really, really sad thing is that, um, the baby that we're talking about has probably already died. We're not, we don't have confirmation on that yet. I expect that we will soon, but there's a case out of Texas out of Dallas, Texas. And we're going to be talking about abortion. So if you're listening to this with your kids and your kids don't know what abortion is, first of all, I would say if they're, you know, I would say 10 and above, you probably need to have that conversation with them. But um, if you have not had that conversation, then you may want to turn this off and listen to it later. But there's a woman in Dallas, Texas, who lives in Dallas, Texas, who has a child um, in her womb. She's currently pregnant, 
she has two children already and this is her third baby and her baby was diagnosed with trisomy 18. Now trisomy 18 has previously the thought was, oh, if you have a baby that's diagnosed with trisomy 18, it's a fatal condition. They won't live. But uh, now we have studies that show that about 10% of these babies actually can live. And uh, some of them uh, can live, you know, to, to be, um, you know, possibly uh, past, past two years old. I, we see that um, Bella Santorum, Rick Santorum's daughter, I think she just had her 10th birthday and she has trisomy 18. There have been others. She's certainly not the only one. Uh, I have a friend that lives up in Michigan. He has a daughter with trisomy 18. I think she just turned 12. So is it an, is it a, a, a lifestyle where they live a normal life? No. Uh, you know, Bella is in a wheelchair and uh, so is my friend's daughter. She's in a wheelchair. But are they the joy of their family's life? Yes, absolutely. And Rick and Karen Santorum will tell you that. Um, and, and so will, uh, Bella's uh, brothers and sisters. So this is kind of what's going on. This Kate Cox decided that she wanted to abort her child. Now her child is over 20 weeks along at this point and she decided she wanted to have an abortion with this child now in the state of texas you cannot have an abortion abortion is illegal it is uh, considered a, a criminal act if a physician performs an abortion it's is uh, a punishable offense for the physician. If a physician uh, kills a child by abortion and the state is very serious about it. So there have been women certainly that have gone out of state to have abortions if they have that deep desire to kill their child. But uh, many women have made the decision because abortion is not available to them. They have made the decision to parent their children. And many of those women now are very thankful that they were not able to make that rush decision in a crisis to kill their child. Because that's many times what abortion is, is that it is a rush decision. It is a it is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And yes. many times that temporary problem is a housing issue, a financial issue, a boyfriend issue, something like that. And so they're literally murdering a child uh, for a, a, a temporary inconvenience. And let me say, I, I, I do know women that have been in this situation have chosen abortion. And I think most of these women, and I, I think understandably so because of the culture that we live in, 
I think most of these women in these situations where they have been given an abnormal diagnosis, abnormal fetal diagnosis, where they're told your baby is probably going to die. I think the overwhelming majority of them choose abortion because they think that watching their baby die is going to be too hard. And they can't even imagine that sort of grief. And so, you know, thinking about holding their baby as their baby is dying is something that they just think, my heart will not be able to handle that. My heart will not be just able to handle Just unfathomable, right. Yes. And so they think, I'm, I'm just going to have an abortion so that someone else has to deal with that. So that it's in someone else's hands and I don't have to deal with that grief. And I, and they're, I and essentially they're, they're being lied to Abby because they're, well, this was the more peaceful way to do it. This is yes. the peaceful way. Now this way your baby won't suffer. That's right. Which is a complete lie. That's right. And that's what Kate has said um, in interviews. She has said that, you know, she doesn't want this unimaginable suffering uh, for her child. And so that's, that's really one of the things I want to talk about. Um, this is really, I've done a lot of interviews on this over the past few days, of course, because of my previous work in the abortion industry. This is really, well, let me, let me kind of tell you what, what has happened. So Kate Cox I guess contacted what what we what we what kind of happened was Kate Cox contacted the Center Center for Reproductive Rights, which is a uh, basically a pro-abortion activism group who have attorneys, and she contacted them and said, "I want to have an abortion, and I cannot do that in the state of Texas." And they said, "Oh, well, great." This seems like a great test legal case um, that maybe will set precedent for the rest of the United States. So they, of course, took her case. Now, this is anybody with a brain can look at this and say, this woman's tragedy is being exploited. I mean, anybody should be able to look at that and say, this woman who is, you know, has, has had this terrible news. This was a wanted pregnancy. She's had this devastating news. She's, you know, recognizing that this wanted child is, is probably going to die. Now here comes Center for Reproductive Rights swooping in. They've never been known to, to miss the exploitation of a tragedy. Here they come. And uh, so they've, they file uh, a case and basically petition a judge to allow Kate to have an abortion. This liberal activist judge says, sure, yeah, you can have an abortion. You can go against the law in the state of Texas and uh, yeah, go ahead, have an abortion. Which, of course, Kate and the Center for Reproductive Rights is like, they're like, woohoo, yay, we won. 
uh, immediately the attorney general of Texas, Ken Paxson, who I'm just so glad that he has taken this stance and he's been very, very strong on this. And he's very pro-life. He and his wife, his wife is actually a senator in the state of Texas. He took immediate action and said, nope, this is not going to happen. You're not going to skirt around the law just because you believe in abortion. That's not the way that the law works. That's not the way that the law was written in Texas. And that's not what judges are able to do. The law is the law. And a judge, no matter their personal opinion, they do not get to just make up laws because they and, and violate the law of the state just because they don't agree with something. Right. Right. And so the attorney general immediately files um, and the Texas Supreme Court ruled quickly and they said, no, absolutely not. Um, this judge uh, this judge does not have the authority to do that. And they kicked out the lower court's ruling and said, no, she is not allowed to have an abortion in the state. Okay. So then the news comes out the next day that, uh, that's fine. She's going to travel to another state to kill her baby, which by the way, she could have done from the beginning. Okay, if she really wanted to have an abortion, she could have traveled to another state from the beginning. Right. She did not do that. Why? Because she wanted to use her disabled child as a political pawn. And to me, that's disgusting. That, That is a disgusting thing to do. So I would have... I, I, I have sympathy for women and I have sympathy for women who are going through this and are, are going through this difficult situation. I have friends that have dealt with this. I, I have very little sympathy for Kate Cox because of how, what she has done to our child sure. throughout this process. And, um, and, and, you know, Abby, and I don't want to put, uh, you know, this is my assumption only because I have not even got to see a lot of the feedback that she's getting from both sides. And so this is purely my assumption, but she's, she's probably rationalizing in her head and, and even feeling empowered that she's taking the stand for other mothers who are going to have sick children that they should be able to murder, that they should be able to murder their babies. And I'm being brave and I'm putting myself out there for all of you. So you're going to be able to kill your babies who, who get a diagnosis in the womb. Yeah. I mean, when there was, okay, so it was a, it was a zoom hearing and you can go watch it. It's a zoom hearing. When the judge, when this liberal judge ruled that she could have an abortion, she literally started crying tears of joy that she could have an abortion. I just, okay. So everybody's like, oh, poor Kate Cox, poor, poor Kate Cox, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I'm just going to bring this back to reality here for a minute. Everybody is so, so sad for Kate Cox. Can we just focus here? Can we just bring back into focus 
the actual victim of abortion, the, the, the actual real always victim of abortion. And that is the baby. The always, all the time victim of abortion is the child in the womb. Always. Uh, and I, I, I mean, I, I have a, a strong opinion on this. Um, all this like women are victims narrative of abortion that has been perpetuated by the pro-life movement for so long, which is so, uh, I feel like the pro-life movement and I am pro-life. I mean, I am part of the pro-life movement, but I feel like by and large, the pro-life movement has been so incredibly hypocritical because maybe not hypocritical, but they've been so not hypocritical is not the right word. They've been so incredibly double-minded to say in one breath, women are strong and empowered and they can be a career woman and they can finish their education. They can do this and this and this, and they can do anything they set their mind to. And you can have a baby and finish your career and you can have a baby and finish your education. You can have, you can be a single mom. You can do this and this and this. But you know what? You're, gosh, there's no way that uh, you're not a victim when you have an abortion. Like, there's no way you can't stand up against an abortion clinic. There's no way you can't stand up against the monsters at the abortion clinic. That is, that's ridiculous. Either women are right. strong and empowered and tough, or we're frail little weak flowers who have no minds of our own, and we're back in the 1800s. Like, it's... And, and talk about empowering. Why can't we say if women can do anything, right? You know, the, the big feminist movement, if women are just superhuman and can do anything, why can't a mother take on a, a, a difficult role of, of raising a, a child who's going to of course a child of course. who's sick, a child who needs extra attention? God did not make a mistake. And why can she not be empowered and strong in that way and be a superhuman mom? Of course exactly. she can. But we so just don't like to talk just, about that empowerment. No, no. And so this is where I feel like really the rubber meets the road for the pro-life movement. So do we believe in that all life is precious, even, even life that is, is, uh, maybe going to die right after birth. Uh, do we believe that all life is precious, even life that uh, is going to have significant challenges after birth? Or do we believe that some life is valuable, that most life is valuable, but some life can be discarded? And if we believe that in that, in that second, if we believe that second premise that only some life is valuable or most life is valuable, but not all life. If we find ourselves siding with this Kate Cox and saying, well, the baby's probably not going to be viable anyway, or well, the baby's probably going to be, you know, uh, probably going to die after birth. So, I mean, like, okay, I guess this time she can get an abortion. Then we are really betraying our pro-life beliefs then we are really not pro-life. Then what we really are is pro-choice with exceptions. 
that's, that's yes, really what we are. Exactly. And it's, you, you, you just nailed it because so, so many people say, oh yeah, I'm pro-life too. I'm pro-life. But, and I stop them there and I'm like, no matter what you're going to say right now, there is no but in, in being pro-life. There's no exceptions. You are or you're, you're not. And it's just like you, you kind of can't be pregnant. You're pregnant or you're not. You right. kind of can't be pro-life. You, you are or you're not. No matter, yeah, no matter how that baby was conceived, no matter how traumatic that, that story is, no matter what diagnosis a medical professional has given the mother of their baby, it, 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 does not matter. That is life. That's it. It is just as significant as any other life, period. And I will tell you, I personally know of several stories where the mother was given an extreme, extremely critical diagnosis of her baby. And they chose to proceed. Well, you know what? This is devastating and I'm scared out of my mind and I don't know how we're going to do this, but God's going to give us strength. We're just going to do it. We're going to figure it out. And so that so many cases, more than you would think that baby was born perfectly healthy. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah, I mean, they were given yeah. a very critical diagnosis and the doctors have been wrong. And, and so it's, it's, uh, yeah. This, this case is truly heartbreaking. And like you said, it, you know, as she's exploiting her, her innocent baby for, you know, when she's thinking she's doing it for the right reasons. And um, it's people like you and I, Abby, it, it's just, it's excruciating to watch this and um, to watch all of this play out. So. So what is your, what, I haven't seen, Abby, I have not seen a lot or heard a lot of the feedback. So how would you break it down? Just, let's just call it across the country. I mean, you could even give us a Texas perception, but like across the board, what have you seen the majority of feedback so far? More people like feeling bad for her, like she's the victim, giving her grace or... Yeah. Do you think um, it's even? Well, okay. So let's talk about that um, right after a word from our sponsors. Okay. So you were asking kind of what the feedback has been about this Kate Cox trisomy 18 situation. So, you know, uh, honestly, I think, I think some, I think politicians are scared to talk about it. I think conservative politicians are scared to talk about it because I think they don't know what to say, which, gosh, they're so bad about talking about abortion. I wish, I wish I could have like a three, like just a three day intensive training with every Republican politician where it just be like an intensive. Let's set it up. Like an intensive with Abby Johnson. Like, right. here's how you seriously here's what you say. Here's what you don't say. Like, stop sounding stupid. Um, and and, and again, it makes them look weak because you know almost the majority of them, 
if not nearly all of them, know it's wrong. No, there's not. They're just so afraid. Like, just They're it. afraid to break an offense. Just say it. Yeah. I'm like, just, just say, say it. it. Just say like, yeah, this one. You know what I wish they would say? I wish they would say in this situation, this is what I've been saying, like when I've been doing these interviews. I'm like, oh yeah, it's yeah, it's tough. It's tough to have that diagnosis. Yeah, it's tough, tough for her. Um, but let me tell you what's gonna happen to this baby. And I'm gonna tell you all what's gonna happen to this baby, or what maybe has already happened to this baby. So She's going to go to uh, an abortion clinic. She's not going to a hospital. This is not going to happen in a hospital. It's going to happen in a, in a regular old abortion clinic that may or may not have passed its recent inspection. Okay. Most abortion clinics are, are filthy. They're dirty. Um, she's going to go to an abortion facility. She probably went to New Mexico. Um, and, uh, she went into this facility. They actually do not kill the baby at about 20, 22 weeks. They don't actually kill the baby before they abort it. So, uh, what they do is she goes in and, uh, they're going to pack her cervix, uh, full of seaweed sticks. They're actually these little rods made from seaweed, and they, they pack her cervix full of these, these rods and those rods absorb the, uh, any fluid from her cervix and that starts to, to dilate her cervix. So what would happen naturally during childbirth? That's what's gonna, that's what's going to happen because of these seaweed sticks. And uh, they're called laminaria. And then she'll, that'll happen day one. She'll probably come back for day two. They'll take all those out. They'll insert more. And then, um, day three, she'll go in and they will take something called a, a sofa clamp. And uh, a sofa clamp is just, uh, basically a, a big, a clamp, like you could imagine like tongs kind of with a big O ring at the end. And they, they take this clamp. I have one actually, cause I, we do demonstrations of this, um, when we speak on campuses and stuff, but they have these big clamps, it clamps down on the end and they'll clamp this down on the baby's legs and arms one at a time. And while the baby is alive, while the baby's heart is still beating, um, without any sort of analgesic, analgesic, without any sort of pain medication for the baby, they will one by one rip the arms and legs off of this baby one at a time. And then, uh, at some point in time during that process, uh, because of the blood loss and everything like that, because of what's happening, uh, the, the baby's heart will stop. And then they will go in, um, and, uh, with that, that same sort of clamp, uh, they will crush the baby's head and they will crush the baby's skull. And in fact, we had a, 
we have a, a, a former abortion worker who used to work in a, a, a clinic that did these sort of later procedures. And I'll tell you, she uh, kind of, this is just kind of a trauma response, but uh, she can't eat potato chips anymore. And I was like, when she told me that, I was like, okay. And she said, I can't eat potato chips. Or I can't be around people while they're eating like chips or anything like that. She said, because the sound of like that crunching eating potato oh. chips is exactly what it sounds like when the doctor crushes a baby's skull. Oh my glory. That is what is happening to this baby or what has already happened. And then they and what they're the, pushing is peaceful. Yes. Oh my God. And then they'll pull out the baby's torso. Then they go in with a suction cannula and they'll suction out all the blood and they'll remove the placenta and everything. Now, listen, I'm talking about a baby that is already a foot long or over a foot long. We're not talking about a little baby. Okay. This is a big baby. So. That's what's happening. So when we're talking about, oh, poor Kate Cox. Oh, poor Kate. No. Think about this baby. Think about what is happening to this innocent child. When we talk about a baby being ripped apart in its mother's womb, I am talking about literally a baby being ripped apart painfully, barbarically, brutally being ripped apart in its mother's womb. That is the victim of an abortion. Not that woman. Not that woman who has who has decided, she has made the decision to go and take the life of her child. She has used her child as a political ping pong. She is not the victim here. And then you've got, you know, idiots like Ann Coulter. I wish Ann Coulter would just go ahead and come out and say she's pro-abortion. Ann Coulter's like, oh, this woman's, you know, life is at risk, blah, blah. She, her life is not at risk. Her life is not at risk for delivering a baby. Doing the right. most natural thing a woman's body is meant to do. Carrying a child. Doing what women are meant to do. That is not putting her life at risk. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And they're like, well, you know, she's already had two C-sections. She'll have to have another C-section. Okay. She, she would have had to have a C-section. She was planning on having to have a C-section when she got pregnant with this baby. All she's having to do is follow through on the plan she already committed to when she got pregnant. The original birth plan. Exactly. I mean, come on. And, and, and that's, and that's what I always say to, you know, to people who are like, okay, like Abby, let's, let's just even say for a moment, her life was in danger. What it's, which it's absolutely not. Let's it's say something is going not. on. Absolutely not. Let's say something's going on with mom where her something with her health and her life is in jeopardy. Why do you, and what I always say, the baby has to come out still some way, vaginally or, or via C-section. The baby must come out. Why do you have to kill and torture and dismember the baby before and during the delivery? Because that must happen anyways. It just, yep. and no one ever, everyone just stares at you like, well, uh, 
Well, I mean, because there's I nothing think, they can say. I think pro boards think that when you have an abortion in the later term, that the abortionist sprinkles fairy dust on the woman's abdomen and the baby magically turns into dust and floats out of the woman's vagina. That is not what happens during a late term abortion. Um, the woman in a, in an actual late term abortion after, you know, 20, 25, 26 weeks, she delivers that baby vaginally. She is delivering a dead baby. So that baby is coming out. There's no fairy dust. There's no, you know, the baby doesn't just magically disappear. She is still delivering that baby. All she's doing is delivering a dead baby. So why not deliver a baby alive and give that baby a fighting chance? Why not provide all the medical intervention possible to save both mom and baby? That makes no sense. And that, and that's what I'm over here trying to say. Listen. The pro-abortion movement says the woman's life always supersedes the life of the baby. And there are some people in the pro-life movement that would say the baby's life always supersedes the right of the mother. And I'm just over here saying, can we treat them as equals? Can yes. we can we fight as hard for the mom as we do for the baby? Can we fight as hard for the baby as we do for the mom? Can we just treat them as equals like our constitution says we should like scripture says we should can we just treat all people as equal human beings i mean that's really what the pro-life movement is supposed to be about it's about equality yes for all human beings yes. um and so and, that's and that's really what's going on in this case and just from a from a, a Christian standpoint, when you're thinking, you know, of course we know life begins at conception, but how can we how could we ever say that well God God loves the mother more than the baby, or God loves the baby more than the mother, or because of how this baby was conceived, or because this baby's going to be born into poverty, God doesn't love that baby as much. You know, that that baby is just not gonna have a it, it, it's just so illogical. It's just absolutely illogical. And, and that's why I always, and again, if you ask a person who's not currently going through a crisis or a, like some mental health crisis or severe depression, because if you talk to someone going through one of those and you ask if, if they feel their life is worthy or they wish they were alive, no matter what this, most of those people are, are struggling and they don't want to be alive. However, if you ask someone, like me on a normal day who has gone through abuse from a very early age, who was born into poverty and ask me, am I glad that my mother still chose to have me? Oh my God. I, of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like without a doubt. And so it's, it, it, again, this all just comes back to like the full circle, how the baby was conceived, any type of diagnosis you know, during the pregnancy, I, I, it just doesn't matter. All life matters from conception until natural death. And this, it's, to be honest, Abby, I will say 
I'm surprised a case like this has not been more heavily, you know, attention brought to it than, than before this one. You know what I mean? I'm surprised it took this long. Well, I think we're setting a very, it's, it's actually scary to me. The, the precedent that's being set here is, is really scary to me. It's kind of like, you know, kind of saying the quiet thing out loud. So we're, we're actually now, and I guess we have been for a while, but, uh, but now like really, okay, bringing a lawsuit forward and trying to set a precedent to legally allow killing, I mean, we're putting it in writing, okay? Putting it in a, in a, in a, setting a legal precedent here, saying it out loud, that we are trying to fight for the right to kill someone that we do not that we do not deem fit to live because they're not like us. We are now putting pen to paper saying this person should die because we don't believe that they're going to have a good quality of life. And we're determining that. And because of our determination, we're going to murder them. And I got to tell you, uh, it sounds familiar, sounds familiar, uh, sounds, sounds incredibly like Hitler. Sounds very, uh, eugenic adjacent, uh, to me. And we fought a freaking war over that and what we're we're there's a war right now the jews are being killed right now because they're jews because they are you know deemed not fit to live and and here we are doing it to the most innocent, vulnerable among us here in this country. But we're not fighting a war over that. We are condoning it. We are allowing it. Our judges are sanctioning it. It's sick. It's sick. It's it's terrifying. And I think the most alarming thing is, is how society, the rest of us, how society is viewing it. I mean, Abby, the majority are so desensitized. Everyone's been so groomed and conditioned into a way of thinking. And if you don't think this way, you're not on the correct side. And and I'm talking, you know what I mean? Thinking like, mm-hmm. it's love to let this mother murder her baby. It's love. It's love. We have to help her kill her baby. Can you imagine this woman having a sick baby and having her to just the pain? I mean, and literally, quote unquote, good, what we consider like a good, decent, average human being 
good, decent, average parents were like, oh my God, let's help her. This poor woman, my heart. Oh my gosh, my heart hurts for her. Why can't they let, why, why did she have to go through this process? Shame on Texas. And it's like, and it's like we, you know, we're over here like, how, how is this the reality they're seeing? Like a decent person w- with what we would consider a good heart is, is feeling this way, Abby. And it's that, that should terrify us to signal the times we're living in. And when we're having, and, and I don't want to go too off too far course here, but, you know, talking about the Jews and, and talking about the, not just the hate speech. I mean, the absolute, it's criminal, it's evil, it's sickening. What is being called for in, in organizations and in colleges and, and, and everywhere around the world. And we're just looking at it as, oh, that's, that's free speech. That's, we need to, we need to listen to everybody. That's where, I, honestly, I feel like we're just living in a, I don't know, just a completely different world because this cannot be real life. It just, mm. if you know what it makes you, you know, want to do, it makes me want to <clears throat> create this totally fake story. Okay. Like it'd be totally fake, but it makes me want to create a totally fake story about like a dog. And oh, yes. like, y'all, I am so tired of my dog, my dog has a terrible quality of life. Um, I have to give it like insulin shots every day. And I can tell like, it's just my dog. It just, this life sucks. And I'm determining that um, her quality of life sucks. And so I'm going to take her out back tomorrow and chop her up. Cut, like, cut I, I, not just, not just shoot her, her just cut her, cut all her legs off. And even cut though the vet says, off. the vet says that your dog could still live for probably a few more years, even, I mean, like, you know, even though whatever. it's not great. Oh yeah. The dog still I'm has, making yeah. that decision. Right. Yeah. I, you know, like it makes me want to come up you with have, this like fake yeah. story and put it out there as a real story and just see what happens. Like, and do you know, you the know death what threats that you. The death threats that you would get, you would be the most malicious, evil person that should be put to death yourself for even thinking of doing that. Oh my gosh. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. But a human being, fine. Human being, cut the limbs off. Totally fine. But a dog, oh my gosh. Like, I imagine or or, or, straight to hell. Or uh, 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 even just trying to put it in the sense of, of a, a, a female dog giving birth. Oh, this puppy. Oh, it's a runt. Let's just tear its legs off. Let's just kill it. Let's just dismember it and chop its head, tr- squeeze its head. <laughs> I mean, people, what could you? Not even a dog. Literally. I should try it on not even a dog. I caught a <laughs> raccoon. I caught a wild raccoon. And this raccoon <laughs> getting on my nerves. I'm going to rip its limbs off. Like, I, I should try it with like oh. a rodent and see what happens. Like, yeah, let's start there because the dog, I mean, Abby, I don't know if you'd survive. You'd like physically like live. I We'd have to put you. I'd be you, assassinated. You, no, you would be. I mean, I'm telling oh you. But that's where, that's where our society is now. Yes. It's like it's life so of animals is, is far supersedes 
the life of a human being. And that is so wild to me. Like, you know, I don't even like animals. But I mean, like, I, like, for this, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy to me. And, And I'm telling you, though, this is because society as a whole has been groomed and conditioned and completely desensitized, whether at a, at a very like small, consistent rate or any more, you know, the last few years, it's at, it's at such an accelerated speed that it, it's just like, oh, yeah, uh-huh. Oh, wait, wh- this is how we all are supposed to think now? Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, wait, this is the right thing. This is what they're telling us to think and do. Competent adults have lost they're the guts, Abby, to question, to think for themselves, to actually go against the grain, to know in their heart, this goes against my faith. This is blasphemous to God. This is, this is just, let's call it what it is. This is absolute evil murder. Yeah. Well, it's but child people sacrifice. are afraid. It's child sacrifice. Yes. Yes. And they're and, like, and whatever, so again, throw, throw my baby in the fire too. Whatever. I don't care. It's just, it's crazy. It's but the, so but the average, it is, it is. And the average person though sugarcoats it. And this is how Satan gets by with it because now we do see, I mean, we're seeing more and more people just openly worshiping Satan and, and just come, being very forthright with it. However, the majority can't handle that thought that that's actually what they're doing. So they sugarcoat mm-hmm. it. They validate their sin. And then everyone else champions them and enables this sick behavior, these sick actions to continue. And so this is just where, you know, people have lost the ability to make rational decisions, to come to their own conclusions. And because they're, we're being told how to think, how to live. And, um, and if, if the last three years didn't, it's been a big like group think experiment, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, Abby, you're one of the the boldest, most fierce people I know. And and I and I hope you take this I, I hope you don't take this wrong, but even when you know, of Abby and I have only gotten close in the last couple of years. I did not know her, you know, before that. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say, even when you were at Planned Parenthood, you still you were very tenacious. You had a bold personality, you know, like you were put as director, like you're a go-getter. You know what I mean? You're smart. Like you're, you're a whatever very side, smart Whatever person. side I'm on, I'm all in. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Like, that's just the way it is. Exactly. So, so someone like you who doesn't care what other people think, who's, who's, has a great head on her shoulders, very brilliant you know, very out there, like you were led to believe Oh yeah, I got at that t- in. for those years, you were led to believe you thought again, you thought you were doing, you were empowering women. You were helping women. You thought you were doing good. And mm-hmm. so it is such a, and praise God for the day when you saw that ultrasound guided abortion that pulled you out. And, and I mean, again, just praise God, but but I'm saying people are so trapped and warped in there that th- that's what they believe to be truth. That is, that's not just their truth. They think that is the truth. That is the right. The truth. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. But I, I think, 
I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with this case. I've just been, I've been praying for this woman to, for somebody to be able to speak truth into her life. But unfortunately, I think she's surrounded by people who are, you know, supporting this decision. But I mean, who knows? I, you know, maybe later in life after she has the abortion, um, she'll have some sort of realization about, about what she's done. I don't know. I mean, all we can do in these situations is really pray and, and continue to speak out like we're doing to hopefully educate the next person, um, that is in this sort of situation. So that's, that's what we're doing now. So, but I mean, I I just want to encourage people, don't be discouraged. Just keep speaking out, keep speaking the truth. That's the most important thing that we can be doing and, and talking about your kids, particularly talking with your kids, particularly your older kids, um, be talking with them about these sorts of issues because, um, it's, it's important and it is impacting our, our younger people. So, Oh, absolutely. Keep speaking up. And we will, um, so Abby and I are recording this, uh, about, let me see, 20, almost around 20 hours before this is going to run. And so a lot is going to probably unfold today. And um, we will try to, you know, add the updates when we, when we're sharing this. Um, But no matter where, like Abby said, no matter where this is at, when you find out, when you're listening to this podcast, um, I mean, we need to be getting on our knees multiple times a day. Don't lose hope. Don't stop praying. Um, and like Abby said, you've got to keep talking. Silence is complicity. You've got to keep mm-hmm. talking. You're gonna, I mean, do you know how many times Abby has told her story? Probably like in the like tens of thousands at least. And, and she's probably going to share it, you know, more tens of thousands of times. You have to keep sharing the truth over and over because it's not about you. It's not about you. Um, All right. Well, this has been a not so fun episode, but you know what? Next time we'll be back with more lightheartedness. That's what we will. Maybe we will. And in the meantime, thank you for tuning in, guys. Every Thursday morning, we love to start our day with you. And Abby, as always, keep raising your little saints. Do you want to better understand the Bible and give biblical answers to those who ask you about your faith? Hi, this is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Podcast Show. Listen to us weekly as we bring the truth often found in the ivory towers of seminary down to the steeple towers of the local church. Join me along with many of the nation's top theologians as we offer answers to life tough questions from an apologetic perspective. Subscribe to the show at lifeaudio.com.